Welcome back, listeners. On this episode, I spoke to production designer Jonah Markowitz about his work on George and Tammy. The series stars Jessica Chastain and Michael Shannon. What was your familiarity towards just George and Tammy before going into the project? So I have to be really honest. I didn't, I mean, I knew some of their music, but I I didn't know a ton about them just because it's interesting. They're they're both these iconic characters that so many people grew up knowing and hearing their music, but I didn't. Um, and then when I read the scripts and then read, um, you know, her autobiography and read the book that it was based on, I realized, you know, how important of a story this was um, and, and what the themes that were going on were. So I think I was less attracted by a familiarity with the story and the characters and more attracted to the way it was written to be really an intimate love story and not like a big sweeping music biopic, you know, Um, but to really be about fame and art and creativity and how those things um, are beautiful and create beauty, but also can be destructive and difficult, you know? And so it was like a very human story to me. So I was really drawn to them more as characters than as these sort of like larger than life icons that people knew. Mm. Um, And then as I did more research and kind of found out about their life, it just got more and more interesting, um, Mm -hmm. you know? And then as we started working on music and going to Nashville, you really see that um, George and Tammy were a big part of a lot of people's life. But it was sort of regional. It was sort of in like some parts of the country, you know, Mm. Um, which I think is really interesting. Mm. And can you tell me what you were, I I think the book is a a crucial part to this story. And I'm just curious what you were able to to glean from that in in regards to the production design. Um, So there were specific things as far as the production design. Um, like for instance, uh, one of the sets, I think it's in the first episode is, um, George Jones house when he meets Tammy and she described just walking in and being so overtaken by the fact that it was all red. Right. So there were some specific things that we could say like, okay, now we know that's exactly what it is. Um, but again, with the book, it was more about the character's journey and, you know, she was married five times and, you know, she had like over 20 surgeries and just all these intense things that she went through. So it was more exciting to sort of tell that story and not mm-hmm. just recreate her music videos and not just hit all the beats of that were her most famous moments, but to really, um, you know, to dig into character, how she felt, what it was like for her. Um, and then their daughter's book, which is what it's actually based on, you know, gives you one step a little removed, what it was, what it was like to not be in that, in that couple and to be seeing it from afar. So, um, so yeah, not a lot of like specific things. Um, (laughs) People tend to not write too much about their environments, I guess, in books, now that I think about it. Uh, But we did have a really great working relationship with Georgette Jones and we could, um, you know, call her and just basically ask her anything from questions like, you know, we're designing 
one of the five tour buses we did. Um, and she kind of told us, you know, that her mom always got carsick. So there was always a, a seat built in a very specific place where she could see out the front window and she wouldn't get carsick. So like little kind of cool, interesting details like that were, were cool to get from Georgette. Mm. And so how do you balance the, I mean, I guess you could say the facade that everyone has about, um, about George and Tammy, and then how do you get that in based in the reality um, of what actually happened? Um, you know, I think no matter what you do, as a filmmaker, if you always go back to character, it's it's the strongest decision, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I think just constantly thinking about that and, you know, working with someone like Jessica and Michael, who are so smart and always thinking about those things. Um, if you ever sort of like lose your way or are questioning if you're doing the right thing, you know, when you're recreating people's lives that people know and people grew up watching on TV, there's always the question of, um, you know, verisimilitude, like how much are we gonna make this real and how accurate does it actually have to be? And it was nice to have a little bit of leeway in this to really, instead of making their house look exactly like what it looked like, to talk about, well, what is this scene in the house? And like, what are these characters going through? You know, the, the, the story spans really like 40 years. So yeah. it's kind of like, you can always turn back to where are they coming from? What's gonna happen next? Where are they in this moment? And use that to design as opposed to like, oh, we saw this exact wallpaper, we've got it reprinted. So it's exactly what she had in her house. And, you know, I had a lot of freedom to do that on this, which, which was really nice. And I think worked really well. Hmm. Uh, one scene that I keep going back to is, um, the I think it was Christmas Eve. Um, uh -huh. and I I, I want to just talk to you about sort of the the court. Like you're saying, you're not printing an exact replica of everything out. And I think it's the way that scene is so um, it's so beautifully choreographed in the sense of how how it's shot and how it ultimately. I mean, you're just left in a in a like in a puddle of Christmas ornaments and a chandelier. And I'm just curious what it, what, what it was like, I, I don't wanna say choreographing because that's, that's not exactly, well, it kind of is your job in a sense, but like, how did you, how did you approach that scene in particular? Because I just, I think it was so, so beautifully done and transitioned such a, or such a pivotal transition in, in their story. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you you hit it right on there. Um, it is sort of the peak of the story. You kind of go to that point and then that's sort of the point of no return. And and I think it is choreography. You know, I think people have um, sometimes a misconception about what production designers do. And they think we just pick colors or make sets, but uh, I'm kind of doing this now on this project I'm working on now. We're at location scouting. And on a series, you know, you have to have all six or eight or 10 episodes in your head. And when you're designing a set, it's not just for how it looks, it's um, where do people enter? Where do they exit? Is someone looking at someone from across the room? Um, how are, you know, in that scene, in the Christmas scene, it was like, how are we gonna get from 
upstairs to downstairs when she's absolutely terrified and has to get out of the house. And that's why that house was so great with that huge curved staircase. Mm. Um, so you are thinking about actors and their performance and choreography as a designer. Um, I knew that scene was going to be really important. So the space had to be right. Um, and then uh, I really, I really designed from a palette perspective. It's kind of my first thing I do is figure out a palette. And uh, the way that scene was originally written, the beginning of the episode, you saw the house and you saw kind of uh, flashing police lights hitting all the different parts of the house. And then you pulled out and you realized that it was the dollhouse that he was making uh, for a present for his daughter. Um, but I knew that we were going to end, you know, with the police showing up at this house. And I kind of wanted to do a red and blue Christmas instead of a red and green Christmas. Yeah. Um, because I knew those were going to be the colors that kind of uh, came in and lighting. And, uh, you know, it's kind of terrifying when there's sirens around, especially when they're reflecting and bouncing off everything in your home. It's it's not a good, it's not a good night in your life when that happens, right? Yeah. So you know, the color of that house, it's pretty shocking, that blue. Um, and that was sort of the driving force was make this red and blue throughout so that it feels, you know, very different and like there's peril. Um, and then really find the right atrium to choreograph how she gets away from him and gets out of the house because it sort of represents her finally saying that she's leaving, right? Mm. Um, so we shot that in uh, a, a practical location, and then we actually rebuilt that whole um, sort of rotunda with the Christmas tree on the second level um, so that, you know, Michael could really have the freedom to, you know, he's knocking the gold records off the wall and he's shooting it up. So um, we actually shot that twice um, to get the performances we want mm. we wanted. Yeah. And speaking of palette, I, it, in such a stark contrast, I mean, the house that Tammy moves into uh -huh. um, after her marriage to George, how did you approach that? Because it's, and I, I think it, it's beautiful in terms of that it's devoid of any sort of life whatsoever. It's very mm -hmm. pale in comparison. And I think I think that is the goal that you're trying to set there, but um, can you just walk me through sort of that transition of of life of sort of, it's almost like you were talking about the, the bright reds of George's first home to sort of the combination of their two tastes mm -hmm. and I don't know, thematically, um, you're combining two sort of people and then you're going to this sort of, I don't know, pale, pale world. And I'm just curious, um, sort of the I, the decision around that and then sort of the execution too. Yeah, so I, I really like to um, design with palette at the forefront of, of my process. Um, yeah. And different projects call for different ways to use palette to separate worlds. So sometimes, um, you know, I've done films that take place in four different decades and each, decade has sort of a different color palette. Um, I've done films where each character has sort of their own color palette. That gets a little more difficult because characters start intersecting and it has to be a certain type of movie to do that. 
on 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 George and Tammy, I wanted the palette to reflect their relationship because at the end of the day, every scene is, even if they're not both in it, is about this like push and pull between the two of them that they just can't escape their love for each other, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, I think you picked up on it really well. Uh, she meets him, there's these really vibrant colors. They get a house together that they redo. Again, really kind of bright colors and colors you're not really used to seeing in sort of 70s or depictions of the 70s. Um, and then when she finally makes the break, I really did want it to feel different. And it was pale and it was also, we moved into yellows, um, which we weren't really using before. Um, she wore a lot of yellow. There's a lot of like iconic photographs of her in yellow. And um, it was a way to separate her life and to separate this point of her life from the life she had with George. Um, yeah. So, uh, it was very intentional. And, it, you know, she also bought a super modern house, which was very different than what, you know, he would have picked. Um, and she kind of finally took the lead. So, yeah, we wanted it to feel different. And like, and like she had made those decisions and that this was a, a different point in her life where she was making a departure. Mm. And I, the decade, I mean, not even just the the different decades that you're spanning, but I mean, the the sets that you're having to build in each one of these um, decades. Um, was there a particular challenging one for you um, just from a, from a construction standpoint? Um, challenging. I mean, the sheer number of sets was a little challenging. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, well, it was challenging. Two of the sets that were challenging, um, First was the Vegas suite, um, mm -hmm. when they go to Vegas. Uh, we did a lot of research uh, about suites at that time period, um, and they were tiny. They just didn't have the like kind of presidential suites that we have, that we think of now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I knew that wasn't gonna work because in the scene, she goes to Vegas, they're supposed to be, you know, the first headliners that were country musicians in Vegas. There's a ton of pressure on her and she gets left. He doesn't show up. So I wanted the room to be enormous um, because I wanted for once Tammy to feel really small and mm. really alone. I mean, it really is the moment where he just lets her down so, so cruelly, so brutally, you know? Um, so it was challenging in the fact that, you know, it was sort of budgeted and planned to be a sort of standard hotel room. And the version of what I pitched was, I don't know if you remember the set, but it's absolutely enormous. It's about, yeah. it's about as big of a set as you really build for one room. Um, so uh, it was a big swing and everyone kind of let me go for it and it, it really worked out. So I wouldn't say it was challenging to build. I mean, we had an amazing, amazing crew, um, but it was, I, I don't know. I really took a chance on that just sort of conceptually and everyone went with that. Yeah. Um, as far as like sort of logistically difficult, um, there were six tour buses in the script. Um, two were in the nineties. And the final episode, which we actually just kind of found buses for. But the other ones, um, 
we knew we weren't going to be able to shoot in a regular bus. Uh, Mike's six three, and just the like logistics of shooting in a bus was going to be too hard. Uh, and as I read the scripts, I talked to the writer showrunner, and I, you know, sometimes as a production designer, you you want to ask questions like, you know, there's some really really intense scenes in these buses. Is that is that what we want? It's a confined space. There's long four or five page scenes where really intense things happen. And, you know, he kind of explained to me that talking to Georgette and um, in his research, he really found that when you are living on the road, that's kind of where these things happen. So it was actually very intentional. So then it became a challenge of like, how do you create an environment that's going to be interesting for such a long scene and such an intense scene that's only eight feet wide. You know, there's only so many, so many shots you can get off in there. So yeah. we ended up actually building those, welding them and building them from scratch um, and making them a little bigger um, and uh, sort of designing all these panels and windows that popped out. So, and then we used basically two frames as four different buses. So we were constantly changing the set dressing and while they were in one we were doing the other um and it's funny because it's definitely not a set where people you know get super excited about it or ask me questions about it but it was one of the harder things we we did um yeah. sometimes like those small sets that you don't even really notice are the ones that have the most thought put into them you know mm. yeah that's so interesting i i i mean i do it, I don't know, tour buses have always had such an interesting, um, I don't know, what they are today and what they were in the past. I mean, it's just, it's such an interesting contrast because I feel like today you probably would have had more freedom to sort of have that sort of, I don't know, larger look. And I, I but yeah, the, that's so interesting to, to even think about the, the confinement of that and, um, having to maneuver around all of that. Yeah. And those are always the, the fun challenges, you know, yeah. um, are to, to figure out how to do things in a way that hasn't been done before or a way mm. that's going to really make it shootable for the crew. Mm. You know, a lot, of course, a lot of what we do is visual and story-based and character-based, but, you know, as a designer, you also have to think, I'm going to walk away at a certain point and they're going to shoot this for three days. So, I've got to get him something that works, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then final question for you. I mean, what do you take away from this project that that sticks with you and that will continue to sort of carry out um, in, in your future endeavors? Because I, I feel like this is, um, it's just such a mammoth project in terms of, emotion scale um and I, i'm just curious what you what you take away from it um I, I would say two things the first is um it all comes down to the script it all yeah. everything that all of us do it all comes down to the script um and as you do more projects and you decide what you're gonna do and what you want to spend your time on uh, the script just has to be super, super solid. And this was incredibly so. Um, the second thing is I, um, I, I do a lot of period work. Uh, I really enjoy it. Um, but now I always can, I always want to depict 
in this show, let's say the 70s, in a way that we're not used to seeing. Um, I think we've come to represent a decade like the 70s in a way that's not really what it actually looked like. It's just what we've come to accept it's supposed to look like in film and TV. Mm-hmm. So um, I really had the freedom with the DP, the director, the showrunner to do something really different. And for instance, the color palette of this film is just not at all what you're used to seeing in 70s films. You know, We're not living in a world of brown and avocado and orange. And um, instead we were using these really primary and bright colors. So I think the other thing I took away was um, to just always try to depict something differently than it's been done before. Yeah. or that then you've done it before. And that's what keeps it interesting. And um, I think that's what makes things fun to watch is when you see something that's in the sixties or in the seventies, but it doesn't look like everything you've seen before, you know? Mm. So always having a great script and uh, always having collaborators that are gonna lean in and let you test the boundaries and do things that are a little different than sort of the first idea that people have. Absolutely. No, I, I love that answer. Um, it, it's refreshing to hear, honestly, um, is I know that's, that's not always the case in, in, in this world. So um, I'm, I'm so glad that you were able to have that creative freedom to sort of expand the boundaries just a bit more than what is conventional. So that, that's so great to hear. Thank you all for listening. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jackson Vickery. Graphics were done by Dylan Michael, and the opening and closing theme were done by Sterling Gavinsky.